Welcome back, Pinball Nerds, to episode 34. I'll be your host, Orbital Albert, and today we're going to be talking about the five easiest ways to get a pinball machine for cheap or even free. I know what you're thinking, free is too good to be, to be true, right? Well, maybe. Let's just take a look. So in the last three years of uh, me getting into pinball, I've managed to have in my house slash own uh, nine different pinball machines, including No Fear, Jungle Princess, uh, High Speed 2 The Getaway, Indiana Jones, Meteor, Solar Ride, World Cup Soccer, and now of course I have Skateball. Now how is it possible that at this point I've only spent um, or, or I guess it, I've spent more than $1,975 but at this point that's all that I'm out that's all the money that I'm out when everything's said and done and a lot of people would think geez to have had that many games to constantly have a new flow of games running through your house this must cost you thousands of dollars uh, well yes almost $2,000 over three years so it's cost me about $800 a year I've well more than got my money's worth for all of that. And of course, even if I were to sell uh, what I own, of course I would be up there, right? So, or, or at least really darn close. So let's jump right into it. Number five, um, I know at least, I know at least two cases where this or something very close to this has happened. Um, but basically, if one of your friends is an operator, especially, or just a really hardcore collector, and eventually like all hardcore collectors and most operators, you start to run out of room. Well, if you happen to be someone who has a large house or maybe you have a, a temperature controlled garage or basement or like exterior barn and you have extra space, but you don't wanna to spend tons on pinball, you can always offer to do a trade. So say you offered space to put in, I don't know, four machines or six machines, eight machines, you know, you could say, hey, well, if it was four machines, you could maybe ask for like an EM or a solid state. If, if you were giving up room for, geez, eight to 10, I certainly would be asking for at least a newer one, especially if this person has newer ones that are working. And uh, quite often, I tend to think that pinball machines can be like cars and that if they don't get played at all for a long time, um, when you go to use them again, more issues can start than, than not. Like I believe like pinball was kind of meant to be played daily. Uh, I know a lot of times when someone, a senior passes away and they're older and their car isn't driven for a long time, someone goes to start it up and that's the very first time the car ever has issues. So I don't know if that part is actually true in pinball. If someone knows, let me know. Email me at pinballnerds at gmail.com. I'm curious. Or add me to Facebook under Albert Agar and uh, Agar's A-G-A-R. And <clears throat> yeah, we can you, you can message me from there because I, I'm not sure. However, it would be a neat article. I tried to Google it and couldn't find anything. So that is something I might do a future podcast on. In which case, if you think that would be interesting, make sure to like, subscribe, share, and all that jazz. Uh, number four is trade. So I know uh, my buddy Sean Russell and Rob Newell uh, I think they've done this a couple times, uh, especially if the machines are similar in value, similar in era, usually probably not a super expensive one. And of course you happen to live close, 
have access to a truck or a vehicle to move it. If you have to rent a U-Haul, it's probably going to cost you more, maybe more than it's worth. Eh, maybe not, but um, you probably don't want to trade a really expensive pin for a really cheap one. You might want to trade two or vice versa. And I don't mean trade forever. I just mean trade for a couple of weeks, a month or two, that sort of thing. And that really just, uh, that really just allows you to, um, you know, get to try more games without spending a penny. And other than, you know, moving it back and forth, boom, there you go, Bob's your uncle. And you spent zero dollars and zero cents other than a little bit of gas. So number three, fix and flip when the opportunity arises. <clears throat> so mentioning it to everybody. So for the last three years, if you've had to come in contact with me, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how much you do or don't like pinball, I almost 100% I'm almost 100% sure I probably mentioned pinball in some way, shape, or form. So when you mention pinball, inevitably, people will start telling you, oh, my cousin's nephew's neighbor's sister's friend's uh, dog had its previous owner's uh, grandparents used to own a pinball machine. And, uh, of course, uh, a good buddy of mine, Sean, uh, not Sean Russell, I'm trying to remember Sean's last name right now, but... Um, really nice guy, artist here in the city, uh, even used some of his artwork for our tea company, Angry Alpaca, to put on the label, uh, as we use all local artists on the covers, and um, he had said, oh, like five or six years ago, his brother was moving out of town and said, hey, I got this pinball machine if you want, and he always thought pinball was kind of cool, and he loved the artwork on it, so he got it with the hopes of fixing it up, he tried... Uh, a couple times contacting someone to fix it, I think kind of half-heartedly. He may have, uh, you know, Googled it a few times, but basically in the three years that he had it, he didn't really do too much to it. And he brought it up to me and he mentioned to me, hey, how much would this be worth? And I said, I don't know, I can look into it. And then I came by his house and, you know, I said, I'm not really the right guy to ask. I don't know that much about pinball, but I knew it wasn't turning on and that's a very bad sign. And then just from looking at it with my minimum maintenance knowledge, I could see that it needed a lot of work. Uh, so I took that time and opportunity to, uh, um, I took that time and opportunity to kind of do some research on the machine, look at what it was average selling for. It was Jungle Princess. I saw it was selling for six to 800 here in Canada, probably a couple hundred less uh, in the United States because you're, your moolahs is worth so much more because you got the best presidents on the planet. Uh, and I'm not being facetious. All of your presidents are very interesting. That's what I will say. This is a non-political show, guys. Come on. Um, you'll have to listen to my other podcast to get my political insights, okay? Just kidding. I don't have another podcast. It's all about you guys. It's all about you, my, my favorite pinball nerds. Uh, so, uh, basically, when... You know, when the, the fix and flip thing comes up, it's not something that you want to do often. And it's not something that you want to spend a lot of money on your very first time. And Sean came to me and he said, Albert, I just got to get this thing out of here. We just got a new, uh, they got a new pet and they needed more space. And he said, honestly, like, would $200 be asking too much? And I said, no, I'll toss you 200 bucks, buddy. I don't mind taking a shot for 200 bucks. If it never gets fixed, it's a shot in the dark for me. I've got some cool back, you know, even when you talk about the price of the back glass, I've seen back glass for old machines go for 200 easily. So 
Anyways, uh, we took a bit of a gamble. My good buddy, uh, Matthew Megaphone, split it with me. And we both chipped in a hundred bucks. Uh, we used Matt's truck. Uh, we split on the cost of a dolly. We rented a stupid dolly, which that was kind of a mistake because between the four of us there, we ended up moving the thing anyways without the dolly. But it is handy to have, especially if there's only two of you, the stairs are really steep. Uh, especially, especially if it's slippery outside, like here in Canada, if it's ideally you wouldn't try not to move a pinball machine when it's super icy, but again, if the opportunity arises, you have to do it, right? <clears throat> so then from there, uh, we contacted Corey Cook, who's probably the most knowledgeable fixer in Southwestern Ontario. If there's someone else that I left you out, I don't know. Uh, I know there's a lot of other guys who are pretty handy at fixing a lot of stuff, but, um, I know Ray Boyle's really good and Mike Dimas and uh, even quite a few of the people that come out to Monday Night Pinball are pretty good at fixing things. I'm not one of them. If you need a guy to get out your stuck ball, I'm your guy. Yeah, but as, as I found out with this one, uh, with Jungle Princess, it needed quite a bit more than that. So we called Corey Cook out. Um, think, hopefully Matt, you don't care about me divulging the numbers, but I think we spent about another $150 with Corey getting stuff done there, or maybe a little less, a little more, somewhere in that range. So now we were in for say even $350, $400 with the cost of the dolly. Uh, then Matt bought a rubbers kit for it, uh, and we split on the cost of that, and I think that was again around $50, so we're $450 in. And um, I helped a little bit, mostly Matt did all the rest of the stuff after that, including cleaning up the machine, just because it was at his house. I had planned to help him with it, but I think he got a little trigger happy and we hadn't had a chance to meet up and put on the rubbers yet, so he did that without me, you jerk. No, I'm just kidding, buddy. It's all good. And, um, and cleaned up the machine. I don't even think it's been waxed yet, but the machine's actually up and running and working. It's not quite fully functional, but pretty close. And Matt actually loved Jungle Princess so much, he said, hey, is there any way I could buy the other half of it off you? Because it was supposed to come to my house. He had had it for a couple months, and it was going to come to my house next. Then we were going to maybe flip it. And he said, but Albert, I like having it in my collection so much. You don't have tons of money. Is there any way, like I was a little bit broke at the time. I think I had just changed jobs or something. And he said, is there any way I could buy the other half off of you? I said, well, you can, but we're already in it to 450. Like most people would only pay maybe 600 for this. He said, well, let's assume that it was worth 800. We'll give ourselves the benefit of the doubt and assume we could sell it for 800 or he could in the future, which at this point, geez, in the Toronto market probably could sell for a thousand. Um, I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe it would only sell for about 700, but um, he had just re recently purchased a big hit, I think, in, in around that range. So, I mean, it makes sense that games in around the same era typically go for about the same price, unless they're like uber rare and there's hardly any of them, right? So at the end of the day of this, we assumed that the value of it was $800. And since we were in for $225 each, that means that we hypothetically profited $350. Of the $350, that means that we would have each got uh, $175 profit each. So for me doing basically nothing and spending almost no money, I was literally given 175 bucks from Matt. So Matt, thank you very much. That money came in handy. Now I gave Matt that with an asterisk. And you have to do this sometimes. And I told him, if you, you are ever going to sell Jungle Princess, you have to give me first rights of refusal, which for you guys in pinball, you probably know just Basically, that means he can't just go list that and sell that until he's at least given me the option to purchase it. <clears throat> I also have a first rights of refusal 
on the second game I ever owned, which was Solar Ride. Um, and I, I will get into that one for the next one, so I don't go to, or in two more down. But basically, with Solar Ride, he owns Solar Ride right now, but I have first rights to refusal on that one. And Solar Ride, without a doubt, I want back. If I don't get back Jungle Princess, I probably won't be too upset. Um, but I really, really, really want to get Solar Ride back. I really enjoy Solar Ride, especially for the price, and probably even more so because the gameplay is not like amazing, but not that many games of that era are. Uh, other than not having a really cool spinner to rip, that's maybe part of my beef with it. But mainly I love practicing the scissor flippers and the artwork. To me, the artwork's a 10 out of 10 on Solar Ride. If you guys have a chance, you're at a computer, you're not in your car rushing to work or somewhere right now, and you can safely look it up. Take a look at the, the Solar Ride back glass if you haven't seen it. It's really neat. It's got this like galactic space chick out there and, and uh, Anyways, I just like the space type theme, so I can see that being something that I get again in the future. Number two is to rent. Okay, um, I, I just want to put another asterisk on the fix and flip. Don't spend a lot of money on your first one. Wait until you see like an incredible deal. If it's been on Kijiji for a long time and no one's bought it, and you're in a highly uh, like. Uh, populated area probably if there's any pinballers that are worth their salt and it's been on there that long and they haven't been able to talk the person down on price it might be really hard to fix and flip uh, but you don't even have to fix and flip you can just do a flip like honestly that it'd be possible in many areas that that uh jungle princess we bought for 200 so like literally probably could have put it on uh kijiji the next day for 300 and probably sold it uh, especially if it was turning on, I wasn't turning on, but if it was turning on, even if it wasn't working that well, probably could have sold it the next day even for maybe 400, just boom like that, 375, and doubled our money just like that. So we didn't even have to fix it. The fact, the fact that we spent the time and energy to fix what we could and get the rest fixed by someone who knows what they're doing, not us, that was probably a smart idea. All right, number two, and this is, and you guys are probably looking at what, how did you own all these machines and spend no money? This is how I did that. This is through renting. So I know in the GTA, I, I believe, last time I heard, player one uh, does rent machines, pinball machines. Probably more expensive. You're in a larger metropolitan area and they're obviously like a larger distributor. I was lucky uh, to find a friend here in the London, Ontario Pinball League that rented me some machines. That was Mike Dimas, of course. So thanks so much for that, Mike. Um, when I first mentioned this to Mike, he said he had kind of been thinking about it for some time. First of all, don't try to rent a machine from someone if you don't really know them. I highly advise to not do that. You wanna be renting a machine from someone that you're already a pinball buddy with, someone that's already in your league, someone that's in your weekly group, someone that you see a lot, someone maybe that you've previously purchased a machine off of that you had a good working relationship because pinball, pinball could be messy. And Mike took a big bit of a risk. If when I had rented, you know, uh, World Cup Soccer, which usually, you know, several thousand dollar game, really, really well known game, uh, fairly expensive. I'm guessing, geez, at least four, if not four and a half to five grand for that bad boy. I'm not sure exactly, but that, that would be my guess. If I had had friends over here and like spilt a beer on it or something and wrecked something really expensive in it, he would have to count on me to pay that back. Now, I would have done that. I would have paid for every penny of it, of course. Uh, especially if it was something so stupid as a beer being spilt. If it was just something that was 
broke during regular maintenance. Obviously, that would we'd have to discuss that. But every single time so far, Mike has came and fixed that, which has been great. Um, thank God, nothing really too expensive has broken on anything. I don't think. Uh, certainly not in the the first four machines that I rented, including High Speed Two, The Getaway, uh, No Fear, World Cup Soccer, and Indiana Jones. Um, so, anyways. Uh, renting has really allowed me to, um, and without going into details of the pricing, uh, I know that another friend uh, is renting from Mike now, and it's a little more expensive, but he also has a newer game that costs more, and, you know, pricing changes over time. Um, but basically, you know, for usually a few hundred dollars a month or less, somewhere in that range, I would say you could probably, depending on the machine, probably get it down to I believe I read at least a forum where someone got it for a hundred, especially if it's a solid state and you're just going to have it for three months, I bet you could get someone to lend you, even if it was a, a really expensive, like a 1500 to 2000 solid state, probably lend it to you for a hundred a month. And I know what you're saying, but wait, I thought you said this is ways to get pinball machines for cheap. Renting isn't cheap. Well, yes and no. So I added up the prices. I would have had to spend roughly 14 grand, uh, for, to get all those machines in and out of my house. Of course, I might've been able to turn some of them for a buck, but then I might've been stuck with one of them for nine months, not being able to sell it, not wanting to lose money. So the renting allowed me to have a constant rotation of machines that I didn't have to worry about maintaining, that I didn't have to worry about, like it included my delivery, my setup. And now that's partially because I only have a one floor house and I'm lucky enough that my time lives about four blocks away from me. But so that wouldn't always necessarily be the case. However, I think in, in, in most cases it is. And if you're really new to pinball, rather than going out and spending four or five grand, I would highly recommend trying to rent one, especially if you want to have a newer game. And honestly, I find 90 days for most games, unless it's like maybe a game that came out in the last 10 years, but almost any game pre-2010, like within three months, you're starting to get a little bit sick of it. You've started to figure it out. doesn't mean it's not still an excellent game, but you're starting to get sick of it. And number one, I did talk, <clears throat> I did talk briefly about this. This could be sort of similar to the fix and flip, but this is basically buy at a fair price and sell at a fair price. So what I mean by that is, uh, Solar Ride I got for $1,300 because I didn't maintain it or anything like that. I think I only had it for like eight months or so. And I sold it to my good buddy, Matt, for $100 less. I didn't want him to pay more of the same because I hadn't maintained it or fixed it at all. But at the same time, it hadn't lost that much value in that amount of time. And I had another newer game I was renting. So it wasn't getting tons and tons and tons of play. Then there's Meteor. I believe I bought that for $1,200. I sold it for $1,100 um, to my buddy, Adam and Adam still has it and he was getting into pinball and he was gonna drive to Toronto to spend like $1,200 on like a really crappy solid state. I said, Adam, for $100 less, you can get Meteor. And he doesn't, he didn't know how well Meteor's known and it's, you know, one of Steve Kirk's uh, first designs and how it, amazing it feels to rip that fucking spinner on, friggin' spinner on the thing, sorry. And uh, he, he didn't know any of that, but basically, um, as long as you're buying at a lower price and you're willing to get rid of them quickly, you're probably, you're not going to lose too much. Like if you buy a, a $14,000 Pirates of the Caribbean, it could take you months, if not years to possibly find someone to pay you close to what you paid for it. 
Whereas if you buy a machine for $500 to $1,500 and you only lose a hundred on it and you had it for three months, you know, you only paid 30 bucks. You paid a buck a day and you probably played five to 10 games on it, right? Per day. So you made huge buck. Um, in Meteor's case, I had Meteor for like, I think a, a year and a half and uh, I only lost a hundred dollars on it. So that cost me like $7 a month. And I was playing that game quite a bit because that's even I, the first nine months I had or so I didn't, wasn't even renting another game. So yeah, when you take a look at the differential and what I've lost on everything I've paid, then all my payments. Now to be fair, one of these games like World Cup Soccer and Indiana Jones, I only paid 450 combined because World Cup was only here for, or uh, Indiana Jones was only here for like two of the three months um, and it ended up being sold. So Mike was kind enough to bring me in uh, a new game and give me, I think, I'm pretty sure a couple weeks actually free on it just for the, the hassle of the Switch. But to me, it was no hassle because by then I was starting to get used to the one game I was ready to bring in another one. So here's tons of options, like I said. One I didn't mention here because it's not realistic for most people, but if you have a good buddy who's really into pinball, he might just lend it to you as well. And that's another way to do it. My hat's off to you, pinballer. It's going to be to my buddy, Sean. Thanks so much for selling me that game for 200 bucks and letting me work on it. And I appreciate you doing that. Um, and I'm actually going to contact you soon on Facebook and invite you over to come play it at Matt's. Uh, and cheers. Thanks so much. And remember, until I talk to you next time, eat, sleep, breathe, pinball. <laughs>